We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. What's good, everybody? This is the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. And as Lance so uh, adroitly put on the screen here, it's the 200th episode, which is an achievement. I feel like I'm kind of robbing you and Eric by co-hosting on such a milestone episode. But I'm co-hosting. I'm Chad Jensen. This is Lance Sanderson, who's normally running this thing, running this show. But uh, we're kind of just making some lemonade since Eric Trickle is traveling for Luke Polglaze's wedding today. But Lance, dude, thanks for the invite. What's good, big dog? How are you? Man, I'm just hanging in there. And if I if I sound echoey, guys, you notice back behind me, my uh, my backdrops changed. Um, my my wife uh, recently got a promotion at her job, and we're gonna paint this room and actually turn it into a Broncos room. So this ugly pink and green, whatever the hell color it is behind me is, is going to be gone. We're going to have it Broncos blue and orange, rearrange everything. So if I sound bad, I do apologize for that, but uh, doing good, man. Uh, enjoying it, enjoying the news cycle for right now. It's, it's kind of slow, obviously, but uh, get a little bit of updates. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what a lot of these uh, analysts are talking about with the Broncos here lately. So fun to have you on and I'm glad you joined me, man. Yeah, dude, it's going to be fun. Uh, A couple of quick hellos, and then I want to dive into some content. There's some serious, uh, serious issues to discuss, but I, I'm trying to make this uh, a rule once again, and I don't know why it's doing the pause thing, but guys, Dylan is reminding everybody, make sure you hit the like button on the way in. Now, if you share this, Hey, that's like the ultimate compliment that you can pay us is when you share it on your own social media. Um, but at the very least, please give it a like, but first things first. All right. I'm going to, um, at the risk of causing more delay here, Lance, I am going to, uh, pull up this article that I wanted to get your thoughts on. And I'm maybe, maybe criticism is a tad to, uh, a bridge too far for this particular topic, a little bit different on the next one we're going to cover. Uh, but in the case, pardon me, of Terrell Davis, Zach, as Zach Lance, as we know, bro. Uh, Terrell Davis knows a thing or two, not only about the running back position, Hall of Famer, but also recovering from a grievous knee injury. And that's what um, Javante Williams is is trying to do. And I want to read real quick what Davis told Phil Milani of the team website about his kind of misgivings 
after Sean Payton revealed last weekend that, oh, no, Javante, he's going to be good to go, we think, by beginning a training camp. This is what Davis told Milani, quote, the knee injury is tricky because nobody wants to be on the field more than we do, but you have to listen to your body. And a lot of times your knee or whatever your injury is, is not responding based off whatever the time period is, six to eight months, whatever. You come back and you're like, wait a minute. I know they said I was going to be 100%, but it's not ready. You would much rather slow roll this thing than try and get back sooner. And then all of a sudden you have a setback and you're not 100%. So maybe it's not exactly Lance um, Terrell Davis critiquing the Broncos, but I think he is sending a little bit of a message here going, guys, are you sure you're not maybe rushing back your RB1? I think he's absolutely correct on this, Chad. And if you go back to in uh, in history, and I believe this was Benjamin Albright was talking about this on Broncos Country Tonight the other day, there's been like 26 players that have suffered this knee injury. And it's not just a torn ACL, guys. We're, we've got a, a torn PCL and a torn LCL. So you got four major knee ligaments, and Javante Williams tore three of those all at the same time. The 26 players that have ever – had that set that that injury with our setback and stuff like that coming back to recovery uh they've none of them have been able to have the same impact or be close to that same kind of impact in year one after that the last two players that have had that are baltimore ravens running back jk dobbins who missed the entire season after the fact and then carson wentz who has never been the same so javante williams with, with that kind of prognosis and, you know, the six, eight months or whatever, you're talking 14 to 16 months from the time of that injury before he's actually going to be back to where he was prior to the injury. So I don't think that where Sean Payton is like, he's, he's throwing some coach speak out there and Terrell Davis isn't necessarily calling him out on that, but he's saying, Hey, be realistic here, guys. Javante Williams is very much likely to miss a big portion of the season, if not the entirety of 2023. And based on the intel that I know, uh, there's a good possibility he won't be ready to go until at least November. So, again, not to you know throw shade on Sean Payton or whatnot, but you got to understand where Coach Speak is it, it is and what is what he's trying to say here. Man, November would be rough. I'm I'm like willing to accept the first quarter of the season. Maybe he's worked back in, maybe even misses the first quarter, but that's why you went out and you got Samaje P. Ryan. So mm -hmm. at the very least, though, now that you do have Samaje P. Ryan, that buys you a little bit of uh, goodwill, a little bit of a window, a little bit of breathing room. So you don't have to grind Javante back too soon. And I hope they uh, pay heed to that real quick. A couple of super chat hellos, guys. Thank you so much. When you super chat like this, it really does help us keep the lights on. And each individual show, when you super chat, that money goes to the show, to the guys on the screen. And so I just want you to know that, especially in the off season, like this time of year when things you know really slow down as far as the news cycle and nothing's really going on at Broncos HQ, this is what really helps us uh, in large part get through uh, the NFL summer. So Papa Bear, as he's known in his neck of the woods, David McElrath, thank you, big dog. And by the way, we got two these two supers. They jumped in, Lance, before we even hit the old go live button. Yep. So that's OG dedicated status. David, good evening, he says. Broncos country. Lance, whoever is taking Eric's place, that's me, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Scott's not with us tonight either. Got some stuff going with the fam dam. So <clears throat> it's Lance and I swashbuckling through this digital uh, experience with y'all. Buck him with a B, YouTube. 
MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. Much love, David. And then Troy here, Lance, jumping in too. Very generous of you, Troy. Thank you, big dog. Thanks, He's Troy. saying, Thanks, Dave. tis the season for unrealistic optimism, not criticism. What say you? I don't disagree. And quite honestly, after this last year, the last, what, six seasons where the Broncos have been an absolute dumpster fire. Like I've, I've been with Mile High Huddle since May of 2018. So this is now almost exactly my anniversary. Uh, wow. with the, yeah, yeah. With, with the, with the uh, website and I've never covered a winning team. So all we've ever been able to do is just throw out, try to be valid with your criticism, but criticism I'm very optimistic about this. And uh, Chad, I'm going to throw a music reference with you. I'm like the mighty, mighty boss tones. I've never had to knock on wood, but uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm not going to do it right now, but with Sean Payton in the fold and Russell Wilson, he can't be that bad again this season with Russell, with Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and the, the offense that we're trying to bring in, they, they upgraded the offensive line. They've uh, gotten, healthier it seems like and i know you've got kj hamler on the injury tim patrick's going to come back from the torn acl this year but they've gotten healthy they've gotten better on the offensive line and i think that with sean payton calling the plays better sequencing this team is going to be a lot better offensively and the defense is mostly intact from last season so let's see what vance joseph can do i'm optimistic the over under for this broncos team right now is set at vegas at eight and a half i think the broncos are going to cover that over Dude, it's so weird that you just brought up that Mighty Mighty Boss Tones song because, look, you're kind of like a metal dude, like a screamo, new, not new metal, but whatever. Uh, I'm kind of more of a punk rock dude and hardcore. I love some metal. Uh, I can get into some. Yeah, some Bridge the Gap, baby. Uh, I can get into some uh, some uh, different forms of like hip-hop and whatnot and a little bit of country, but I have traditionally, Lance, been a staunch opponent of ska i have hated ska seriously me too skanking like, <laughs> pickle the freaking boss tones um aquabats all that stuff anyway real big fish <laughs> real big fish yeah so like a week and a half ago you know i'm i'm finishing up something i'm doing some work i've got spotify playing in the background and you know how like if you just listen to an album or whatever it'll autoplay onto something else and in most cases it's based on some kind of algorithm that it perceives it's going to it's going to give you the type of music you've been listening to according to how it's perceived by these algo bots at spotify and what comes on but that song right ever knock on wood etc and i don't know what it is dude 43 year old version of chad i'm sitting there going yeah and then i'm singing i'm like dude I'm we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Remember this song in high school? Screw this song. I'm listening. <laughs> and then, dude, I'm no lie. For like the next week and a half, I would wake up every single morning with that song stuck in my head. And there's only one prescription for getting rid of the song that's stuck in your head, and that's to listen to the song, believe it or not. Um, but it kept lingering. It kept lingering. And then finally, finally, I got rid of it. And I, it lingered so long, Lance, that I'm like, I'll, I'll even actually check out maybe a little bit more of their catalog. Maybe I've been missing out on these cats. And that's okay. Don't. Scott, the horns, Don't. as soon as the horns come in, I kind of go, oh, but uh, it's weird you brought up that song. <laughs> I, i've been waiting to drop that reference for a long time and finally i got a music <laughs> head in the in the room so i'm 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 here for this but uh yeah it, again like I, I getting back to the broncos here and ernie jumping in as always and great to see ernie in the chat as as well every single week he always drops the most support pretty much everybody big ernie uh hello chad lance and scott go broncos country only absolutely sir only broncos only. country but uh no, I, I am optimistic about this team. I, I really am. Even with Javante, you know, kind of tying this all full circle here, Javante being injured, you, you bring in Samaj P. Ryan. I think they're going to go out and they're going to sign a guy. Um, and I hope it's Dalvin Cook, quite honestly. He's like rumored to be a post-June 1 cut from the Minnesota Vikings. If the Broncos can find a way to sign him and, and bring him into the fold under around $7 million a season, so you got to get the value signing of it, but you pair Dalvin Cook with the healthy Javante Williams and then Samaj P. Ryan as well. That is a dynamic running back trio that you can actually use. And it, it, especially, you know, if Javante is not healthy, you still have Dalvin Cook and Samaj P. Ryan. That's a dynamic duo in, in and of itself. So I, I, I'm very optimistic. I'm curious to see what happens here after June 1st. And if the Broncos want to, you know, go out and bring in another couple of guys, uh, Chase Roulier, the center from Washington, is a guy that I really have my eyes on as well. So, um, yeah, just, again, very optimistic. Never had to knock on wood. I know someone who has, and I'm sure it isn't good, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well done, big dog. Um, a couple of shout outs here real quick. Mike Ronquillo, always great to see you in the chat, big dog. Much love and respect. You know, we love you. Uh, Lawrence Rivera jumping in to say, what's up, uh, guys? Great day fishing. All right, cool. Uh, I was so, so happy to finally get back on the water. I got my fish finder. Now I want to go back out. I'm not so much a fan of fishing as I am catching. Fishing's boring to me, dude, but I love it when they bite and you got one on the hook. So I'm, I'm a fan of catching, not so much uh, fishing, but hey, to each their own. Um, hope you uh, reel them in, big dog. Hope you have a, I hope you some, you can 
real big fish. Do you feel? <laughs> yeah, yes. feel me. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for this content. They're just serving is, it up this, to us tonight. Dude, this is the hard-hitting content that people come to on Dove Valley Deep Divers. I swear to God. Nobody wants the Broncos content. They want the music. Take. I'm here for this. That's right. That's right. Uh, shout out to Greg Smith. Always so uh, diligent in all the chats. Great to see you tonight, big dog. What's up, Greg? Miguel Santistevan, uh, fresh off getting uh, as well, the winner of, of the most recent jersey giveaway on MHH as a, as a supporter. Saying, what's up, fellas? What's up with the rookie not knowing who the silent assassin is? So, yeah, guys, this was one of the topics Lance and I wanted to get to tonight in case you missed it. Now, it's a little bit old news um, because we, MHH, we didn't really cover this till today because the Broncos PR department, they're phenomenal. They're great. Everyone, and they what they do is when there's a press conference or a, a player coach remarks of any kind, they have a whole department that will transcribe those quotes and they send them out to us in an email. makes it real easy on us. But for mm-hmm. some reason, uh, even though we got Sean Payton's remarks this last weekend, they didn't do it for the players. So I just went through and and each day I transcribed one or two of their uh, little pressers. And so I didn't really get to JL Skinner, Lance, till today. And I'm, I'm listening to this dude talk and he's asked, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on how you keep get, getting compared to uh, Steve Atwater? And I'll pull up the quote so that you guys can see a little bit kind of how ridiculous it is. But Lance, he didn't know who this guy was. And even mm-hmm. when people were saying this, this to him, Steve Atwater, you know, you, da, 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 he was like, eh. it wasn't until he walked through the indoor facility, the indoor practice facility and saw Steve Atwater, big banner up there alongside maybe only four or five other players that are in Bronco Cannon that are, you know, high enough profile to be on that wall that he went, oh, wait, this dude is like living legend. So kind of bizarre, but whatevs. What are you going to do? It's the YouTube generation, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, I put this out on my Twitter account. I retweeted your article, um, the one talking about J.L. Skinner. And I, I, I you better learn something today, Rook. Like, let, let's let's go here. And all joke aside, I, I don't blame the guy. Steve Atwater retired in 1999. JL Skinner was born in 2001. He <laughs> like it, it, the dude never played in his entire lifetime. I know, but now, let me let me just stop you on that for one second. I feel you cuz I was having these same thoughts, okay? But then I think to myself, you know, whether I'm like with my band stuff as a mm-hmm. writer, as a blogger, as a podcaster, if I'm entering into the realm, I am searching out and figuring out who the greatest are at that not just now, but like who are the best all time. It is a little bit surprising that he doesn't know one of the very few pure safeties that's actually in the the, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. He lost a couple of brownie points. I'm not going to completely torpedo this cap, but like a few brownie points. Sorry, go on. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, especially when you're coming to Denver. Like there's a point yeah. in every rookie's career where you have to understand I'm going to this particular this particular destination, I need to know at least a little bit of the history, especially of the the players that play at this position. Cause it, it's not only like, you know, the Broncos had Steve Atwater at safety. That is like the premier name. You've got John Lynch, you've got Brian Dawkins, you've got Kenoy Kennedy, you've got Justin Simmons, you've got um, who, who's another one just off the top of your head that you can think of that is like uh, Dennis Smith. Let's, let's throw his name out there. Uh, like the Broncos have a very rich history at the safety position they've always been very good there so with jl skinner playing that position you would think if nothing else 
take some time out of your day, learn about the history of the Broncos, learn about the players at the position that you are currently playing and how these players, how these, these media members are going to come at you and say, Hey, you know, you, you played the safety position. You compared to Steve Atwater. Do you have anything, any thoughts about that? Now, again, Steve Atwater retired in 99. JL Skinner was born in 2001. I was born in 1990, dude. Like I, I grew up watching Steve Atwater, but I don't remember him playing for the entirety of my childhood life. I remember watching him in highlights. I remember watching Conway Kennedy. I remember watching John Lynch. I remember watching uh, uh, Brian Dawkins. I remember watching those guys. You just name dropped Conway Kennedy? Yes, I did. Props. Yeah, I, absolutely. Conway Kennedy was actually one of my favorite Broncos back in the early 2000s, dude. Like he was, he was awesome. Super hard hitter, comparable to Steve Atwater. But I don't know the the Broncos of the 1970s, 1980s. I like I, I do. I I know them because I cover the Broncos. I know the history there. But if I grow up in San Francisco and then get drafted by a team in Denver, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. I can tell you all the history of that, but I can't tell you the history of the Broncos because I've never actually been there. I never lived that life. That's not my fan. It's not my childhood. So yeah. I can't necessarily take it out on JL Skinner for not knowing who Steve Atwater is. But like I said. You better learn something today, dude, because you, like you said, you lost some brownie points. And it's everything you said, it's fair. But now you've been a Bronco for, we'll just say, we're, we're approaching the, the one month point. Yep. You're hearing that name a lot, people comparing him to you to him. Um, time to uh, turn on some YouTube and watch some highlights. Better yet, the Broncos have all the film that ever existed on Steve Atwater, every snap. So go ask them real quick some shout outs, Pete Middleton. Uh, across a couple of ponds in Cambodia. What's going on, big dog? Great to see you. Appreciate you. And it's morning there, by the way. See, Broncos country, not a geographic location, baby. It's a state of being, and would love seeing that, uh, Pete. And then uh, here's a here's a good p- topic here from Keith Brugman on Facebook. Really have come to uh, love and respect and enjoy this dude's takes. Keith, you're a prince, dude. Thank you for being with Del Valley Deep Divers tonight. He's saying... Samaj P. Ryan holds the Oklahoma single game record, 427 yards and five tutties. We've got our RB1 until Javante returns. Thank you for pulling that out. That's really good insight Thanks. and just historical kind of uh, reference for us. But how are you feeling, Lance, about the prospect of P. Ryan being the RB1 and also kind of relative to what we can kind of project this offense is going to be? Yeah. Uh, first things, shout out to Keith and Albert Knoppers and uh, Jody Moncrief for having me on their show a, a, a couple of, uh, it was what, last Tuesday, I believe. Uh, a couple of times now I've been on uh, Denver Bronco Roundup. Check that out if you get the opportunity to. But uh, to Samaj P. Ryan, I guess my biggest question here is um, he's only had 95 carries one time in his career, and that was his rookie season five years ago. Uh, he's never been a bell cow back. He's been mostly in a rotational role behind, uh, Mixon, Joe Mixon. So you're, you're thrusting him into a role he's never had, at least going back to his time at Oklahoma. So while I'm very high on him, I, I think that he brings a, a certain element to the offense where you can have him out there on first, second and third down because he's quality and pass protection. He's also a very good out as a receiver out of the backfield. I just, I, I got to see more from this guy. 
he's never had that bell cow back kind of thing. And the Broncos depth behind him. I mean, they bring in Tyreek McAllister again. They, they let him go for rookie camp. They bring him back in. Um, uh, Jock, Jock Patrick, I think is his name. Uh, the, the XFL dude. Um, he's an undrafted guy and is a, an unknown. Um, uh, so you're, you're asking a lot of a guy like Samaj P Ryan to be the guy. And I just, I, I have a question about it. I'm sorry. Jaleel McLaughlin, a college free agent. Yep. And then yep. uh, Emmanuel Wilson also being thrown into this mix. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm like Lance. Um, yeah, no doubt. Indeed. Big dog. I'm like Lance <laughs> in that uh, I I'm optimistic, but I want to see it a little bit before I fully mm-hmm. believe it just because there's uh, no skins on the wall relative to him being a uh, relative to him being an RB one. Real quick, I want to grab this uh, shift gears for just a second here from String Guy. Wants to know where are the Broncos with cap space right now? String Guy, by the way, thank you for being with us, big dog. Appreciate that very very much. At the risk of freezing things up, I'm going to go ahead and do a share screen here, Lance, and we'll all do a little scratch and sniff together. You ready? Uh, here is. The NFL currently uh, cap space leaders in the league. So the Bears, for those listening after the fact, or maybe you're cooking up dinner and you got us uh, in your ears, the Bears are number one with 32.6 million in cap space. Panthers are two with 27.2 mil. Lions three, 25.4. Colts five, 23.5. You got to really dig down to find the Broncos, which at this stage. Uh, I mean, I guess we could count it from the bottom up. Might be a little easier. 32, 31, 30, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 22. They're 21st with 8.9 million. And Lance, I've got to assume because it's over the cap. They're really uh, on top of things when a rookie signs their contract. I got to assume that that includes the rookie class. So you look at that 8.9 million here. Uh, let's see what is that effective cap space. So, you know, shave a million off, 7.9 million. That's more than a little Evan Mathis money in the event you get to training camp, realize, hey, we don't have the, we need one more kind of mercenary edge rusher, or hey, we need a better swing tackle option. You know, Quinn Bailey and company aren't really passing muster, but that's where things stand currently, guys. Um, oh, I'll bring it back up. Sorry. Here you go. There, just so you can see it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, there's there's some room to work with. It's not a whole lot. And 
I believe over the cap is actually caught up with everything. So they, they do have some money to work with and, and they can go out and they can, they can get a running back if they want to, depending on the cost, they can get a guy like a Kareem hunt. They can get a Dalvin cook. They can, I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just throw out Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette. Like those two guys are, are definitely still available. I, I think that what they need to do though, and I, I put this out uh, on an article at milehighhuddle.com last week um, talking about three particular free agents that the Broncos could add. You, you mentioned the edge rusher position. That was one of them. I had Marcus Golden on that list. Uh, I also had uh, the center Chase Roulier from um, from Washington, a former Wyoming Cowboy. Go Pokes. Uh, and then I also – who was the third one that I had? I don't remember off the top of my head. Let's find it. Uh, regardless. Um. Yeah, go go ahead and, uh, and take a look. So Chase really was the first one. Um, I I know that uh, Marcus Golden was the other one, and then a running uh, Kenyon Drake. It was uh, Kenyon Drake was the running back from the Baltimore Ravens was the third one that I had. Those guys are going to be able to be had for very close to the veteran minimum, maybe one or two million dollars a season. Uh, Chase Rulier is the ideal guy for me. He's, he's a very good scheme fit. Uh, he's one of the best pass protecting centers in the entire NFL when he's healthy, but that's the thing. He's not healthy. He had a broken fibula back in 2020, had a knee injury in 2021, had knee surgery in 2022. So he missed a lot of time over the last couple of seasons, but when he is healthy, this dude, like he wins, in pass protection, 98.8% of the time, according to the pro football focus, he's allowed five sacks in six total seasons. He only allowed 17 total pressures in 2020. And what's the biggest issue that the Broncos have on their offense right now? It's the center. Lloyd Cushenberry has been an abject disaster ever since he was drafted. He's been one of the worst centers in the league. And I, I hate to talk about a guy like that, but – you need to get better along the interior, a guy that's not going to get dumped in Russell Wilson's lap every single snap. So Chase Rulia is the guy that I think this the, the Broncos need to go and get. And if you can get him on a, a, a two-year deal, you know, $3 million a season, just let him prove it, maybe get some escalators to him to get it closer to five, you get a guy like that on this Broncos offensive line, you've completed the overhaul. You've got Garrett Bowles coming back. You got Ben Powers in here. Chase really at center. Uh, Quinn Miners jumping in. Let's jump into that here in a second too, Chad. Yeah, yeah. But then you also you also got Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. You've got five legitimate starters up front, all that have quality play throughout the last five seasons of their of their careers, and you've officially completed the rebuild of the uh, this offensive line. A couple shout outs. We got Michaela Israel throwing down a super sticker. You can see Thank her you. there with her boy Cooper. Great to see you tonight, Michaela. Much love and respect to you. Give Coop our best. Really appreciate that, super. Um, you brought it up. There's a couple other comments, questions I want to get to, but first, since since you brought it up, one of the uh, now this you could definitely categorize as criticism. Uh, mm -hmm. the first thing we address at the top of the show, former Super Bowl legend, Hall of Famer. Terrell Davis questioning the Broncos timeline, worrying that they might be rushing Javante Williams back. But now we have Mark Schlereth who may not be a hall of famer, but this is a guy Should that be. has three super bowl rings, two with the Broncos, uh, stayed in Denver, kept Denver his home, went on to of course, uh, be a very successful radio talk show host in Denver. Uh, the, the morning show there at the fan Schlereth and Evans, I want to say, yeah, Schlereth mm -hmm. and Evans. Um, Emmy Award winning, they dominate the morning. And then, of course, he does color commentary on Fox Sports, and he's good. 
I like him on Fox Sports as a color commentary guy because I don't know. He just he's got enough wit and enough kind of comedy to go along with the insight that he keeps me uh, entertained. But that's only to for those who maybe don't live in Denver and aren't aware of all the Schlereth bona fides. Here's what he said, Lance, when uh, Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette, who, by the way, Chris Thomason has been doing really good work since he joined the the Denver Gazette. So shout out to him. But uh, here's what he told Chris Thomason. And he kind of uh, this is a shot across the bow of Quinn Miners. Quote, this is Schlereth. Quote, I'm not 100 percent sold on their right guard. He's young. I like his aggressiveness, but I think he's got to learn nuances. Hopefully he continues to get better, but it remains to be seen, close quote. And I'll add on that, you know, my own interpretation here is Mark Schlereth saying, I'm not sure Quinn Miners, Lance, is worth a squirt of urine, to use one of his phrases. That is exactly one of his phrases. And I, and I understand his criticism. You're, you're talking about a, a guy coming into his third year, um, saw some time as a rookie, struggled, but still played pretty well. Uh, this last season um, saw a little bit of setback as he added, uh, took some weight off uh, to fit that outside zone scheme. But you're, you're talking about an absolute bully on the offensive line. This dude knows how to just get it, get attached and drive you in the running game. The, the thing where I agree with, with Mark here on this is his footwork as a pass protector is super shoddy. Like there's, um, there's a lot of issues with him, with his consistency, his foot spacing, um, his hand placement as well. And then there's some times where he, he doesn't bend with his hips. He, he, or he bends with his hips and not his knees. So he bends forward and then rocks backwards. So you can see him get put on skates as the scouts like to say, where he gets driven backwards a little bit and he's really trying to, to struggle to keep himself up. Right. Now that we're in a more power friendly scheme with Sean Payton. I think you're going to see a big step forward with Quinn Miners moving forward. This dude, he's like I said, he's super physical. He has great hand placement. He, he knows how to drive guys off of their spots. He just has to learn how to receive better, bend with his knees, relocate his feet, and then drive back with his hands. And he will be much better in terms of his pass protection. And with Sean Payton, a guy that's been one of the better offensive line coaches in the NFL. Like he's always had a very good offensive line. He knows guys, Chris Streif, a guy that played offensive line for Sean Payton back in the New Orleans Saints is a guy that's going to learn directly from Sean Payton and then retranslate that back to Quinn Miners. You're going to see a a very big season from Quinn Miners this year. Very big season. I think so too. Um, Zach Streif, you know, he's a guy comes in, won a Super Bowl as a, as an O-lineman starting guy tackle. Uh, with Sean Payton, but I'm of the opinion, and not only does this apply to Quinn Miners, Lance, but it applies to everybody uh, on offense. I mean, really the entire roster, but specifically here on offense. And that is, you know, we always hear this phrase associated with uh, quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks to be specific. But Mm -hmm. in the case of Sean Payton, I think it's apropos as well, which is he's the tide that raises all ships. And so that's why I'm cautiously optimistic that we might see an, an improved version of Lloyd Cushenberry. And I'm very optimistic that we're going to see a slightly more polished version of Quinn Miners, who, yes, coming from D2, you know, missing that whole last year in college because of the pandemic. Um, you know, he's a little bit raw and rough around the edges, but the the want to that he plays with and the tenacity, the physicality, the power, you know, you can, it, it's like they say, you work on your uh, weaknesses 
and you rely on your strengths. And those, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a nice foundation strength-wise uh, to rely on. Real quick to segue, Pete, yes, two years, subscribe. You're a prince, dude. We love you, big dog. Love you. Um, Keith bringing up uh, – we got Keith and uh, – we've got Keith and Miguel bringing up – yes, Keith saying – Thank you for the reminder too, guys. I know this is a Broncos podcast, but we get, we must give our respect and pay honors to Jim Brown. Yeah. RIP the, the great hall of famer uh, has passed away. And Miguel, thank you for the super chat in honor of uh, the late, great Jim Brown. Thanks, Miguel. So look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all things, Jim Brown, but I'll tell you this, that guy, you know, he, he became an icon and, he could have played twice as long as he played. He could have. He walked away. He meant a lot to the game. Uh, he meant a lot to football culture. Went on to do acting. Went on to be a very outspoken kind of commentator on uh, on just, you know, culture, I guess is the best way to put it. Very uh, unique, legendary figure. And so I take my hat off to him. RIP to the late, great Jim Brown. Yeah, man. One of the greatest running backs this game has ever seen. And there's there's a reason why people refer to him as the greatest running back ever. Um, he was amazing, especially back in the, what, 60s and 70s, I guess early 60s right. and, yep. and late 70s. Like one of the greatest we've ever seen. That Like there's going to be a, an award named after him eventually. And I, I, I can't, you know, give uh, – more condolences to his family than, than possible. Um, may not have been a Broncos player, but you know, exact when everybody says Jim Brown, you know, exactly what you're talking about. Great on the field, great off the field was a philanthropist, was an activist um, and, and kudos to him and his family. And may he rest in peace, man. Uh, it's a, it's a big loss to the NFL world today. Phil down in Tucson. Love you, big dog. Hope you're What's doing up, well. He's saying good evening. Got a feeling. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna i'm just kidding got a feeling (laughs) we will have more return yards than in the last two years what a difference that could make hashtag buckham with a b mhh for life love you phil well how much do you believe in two things how much do you believe in marvin mims lance and how much do you believe in the uh collective upgrade on special teams between mike westhoff and ben kotwicka uh in terms of achieving what phil's saying here well, I, I think that we're on the road less traveled right now, young whippersnapper, and there's nowhere to go but up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, thank you. Thank you. I, again, with the music references, make sure you check out Bridge to Gap's new album, uh, Secret Combinations, guys. Uh, but for real, for real, uh, it, it doesn't even only end at Marvin Mims. I mean, the Broncos went out and they brought in Tremont Smith, the cornerback and punt returner from the Houston Texans from the last couple of seasons, uh, a dude that is electric with the ball in his hands. I mean, he's, I, I think he has two pick, six, pick sixes in his career and right. a punt return for a touchdown as well. So I keep forgetting about him for some reason, dude. I'm glad you brought him up. Well, it, it, it's, it's easy to forget about him. He was that, you know, third or fourth wave of free agency, a guy that signed on for, I, I believe like $2.1 million. So you've got that. You've got Marvin Mims, who is an electric punt returner. You, uh, you have still Montreal Washington, who may not, may very well not make this roster, but at the same time, you still at least have that returnability, the dynamic ability with the football in your hands. And then you bring in Mike Westhoff, who is 
potentially a Hall of Fame special teams coordinator. This dude is legitimately one of the best top guys we've ever seen in terms of special teams coordination. And then Ben Katwika, a guy that uh, Sean Payton handpicked. Like, you know, he's worked with Mike Westhop before. Then he brings in uh, Ben Katwika, and he wants to, you know, turn this special teams around completely. And then also add on top of that, every single player that the Broncos drafted outside of Alex Forsyth has played on special teams on return. Like Drew Sanders was a special teams in return. Uh, JL Skinner, special teams return. Like then obviously Mims. So give me a test. Uh, you, go. uh, you, you good? Okay. Sorry. I, Again, rearranging the room stuff got kind of messed up. Anyways, the, the Broncos have have reset the special teams room in a way that is incredibly exciting for me. Um, you, you've got a lot of experience. You bring in a lot of players that have experience playing in special teams roles, specialized special teams roles. So I, I think it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot better. And it can't be any worse than it was last year because according to Football Outsiders, the Broncos were 32 in DVOA on special teams. So it has to go up. Nowhere to go but up, baby. Uh, we got GGG, the triple G in the house. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. He's saying, and by the way, guys, we're at about 37 minutes, um, and we ended up having to start a little bit late. So get your comments, questions, get your super chats in now. We got a little bit more time, uh, but anything burning on your, on your uh, burning topics, get them in the chat. But Gigi says, hey, fellas, Sanders in 11, Moss in 12 would be cool i'm not sure now listen zach kelberman is like my c-3po my syntax interpreter like he can go oh yeah he means this i suck at this if i have to take away one of my teenage son's phones and i look at their text i i can decipher like half of what they're saying to their friends and stuff uh, so i really suck at this um sanders in 11 lance moss in 12 would be cool I mean, I'm trying to think, is he talking personnel? But we're, we're, we're on the wrong side of the ball here. So uh, I really don't know what he's saying. Yeah, yeah I think I think we got some personnel stuff going on. Sanders in 11. Um, Gigi, clarify in the chat. We'll, we'll look yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah bring, bring that up. Uh, come, come back with us. Sanders in 11, Moss in 12. Oh, okay. Um, so Sanders in 11 personnel, Moss in, uh, Moss in 12. So you're talking um, – but defensive that's side offense. Of the These guys are defense. Well, talking about in defense going against the offensive side of the football here. So Sanders in 11, where you have um, you need to have a, a fluid athletic linebacker that can play in coverage, especially out in the slot, would make a lot of sense. And that's what Drew Sanders does really well. Riley Moss in 12, where you have the extra tight end, but you can play Riley Moss off of the line of scrimmage and he can be a tight end killer. So that – I think that's where you're you're coming from with this. Um, I, I think, oh, just jersey numbers, just jersey numbers. He says. <laughs> I Sanders see. Okay. Moss and, okay. This is what okay. we get for trying to guess. Well, um, but but I, but I like going to the football side of things. He actually brings up a pretty salient point here. Uh, Drew Sanders playing out in in eleven personnel, a guy that can work sideline to sideline and be that that coverage linebacker uh, and and still be able to to attack the line of scrimmage as well. Um, he, he's got enough range, enough fluidity. The length is there, obviously. This is a dude I, I'm super stoked on. I'm working on the film breakdown, guys. So give it uh, give it a few days, and I'll, I'll have that to you. But Riley Moss in 12 is 
is something that's very interesting to me because you can play him in it like that that nickelback that uh that uh that dimebacker kind of role where he can play off the line of scrimmage and play with physicality and, and speed against tight ends. So that actually makes a lot of sense that I, I never thought of it like that, but at the same time, if you, if you want to talk football, 11 and 12, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. I want to shift gears real quick and grab this from Todd Ostendorf. Um, he's been a very patient boy. Got this one in quite a while ago. Uh, 559 in fact in uh, god's country time so thank you bud you're in every single chat my podcast this podcast every podcast and we Thanks, appreciate son. you big dog always he says uh defensive rookie of the year candidates on the broncos and lance i gotta tell you i'm not really sure that there is a bona fide candidate for this but and it's only it's not because drew sanders for example isn't good enough to perhaps garner that level of attention if he can produce as a rook. Lance, it's that he's got two bona fide cats ahead of him, uh, one of whom just got paid and extended in Alex Singleton, and the other guy, Josie Jewell, who two things, is like the general on the field, the leader, the, the brainchild guy, keeps everybody lined up, knows the score, everyone looks to him, and he's in a contract year. Broncos want to get extract every dollar of value that they're paying him in that contract before he ends up hitting the bricks. So my, what I'm saying is barring injury, Dickie Barrett, boss tones, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to see Drew Sanders garner the, the, the level of snaps it would take to garner that kind of attention. And as much as I like Riley Moss, he's a spitfire kind of guy. I love him. Similar thing. If, and unless he vanquishes say Damari Mathis, uh, in open competition, ends up being the starter opposite of uh, Sertan on the boundary. Even then, dude, he's going to have a long rookie year. I'm telling you, I like him. But even then, do you remember when Mathis got put in at first last year after Ronald Darby went down? And, dude, those first two games or so that he was the starter, every quarterback of Broncos face, they picked on him. And then eventually he got wise to it, and eventually he figured out how to stop drawing penalties and relinquishing big plays. And he ended up uh, making – I won't say making quarterbacks pay because he was not quite there yet, but holding his own to where you're not worried about that. They're not like singling him out as the linchpin in their game plan. Um, Moss, if he ends up starting, that's how it's going to be. And he's going to have to figure out how to disabuse those quarterbacks of the same notion. So I don't know this time around, Lance, I'm not sure there's enough runway just with the situation of the roster for any of these cats. Uh, throwing JL Skinner as well to win defensive rookie of the year. The, the one guy that immediately stands out. And while I don't disagree with you on Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell, it, it's immediately steps up as Drew Sanders. And the reason why I say that is because you're, you're talking about a kid that played at the Ed's position at Alabama for two seasons and was a very effective pass rusher. Uh, he also had nine and a half sacks for the Arkansas Razorbacks this last season. So he has the ability to play off the ball and play in coverage, the length, the fluidity, the range and everything he has, but he also brings that pass rush upside. And while I don't want it to be this way, you still don't know what the Broncos have, not only in Nick Benito, their second round pick from last year, but also Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper, while he's 
good against the run is just a guy, like a guy out there. So Sanders with that length and the athleticism, the bend that he has in his lower half, you could actually see a spot with him playing, coming off of the edge for this Broncos defense um, and overtaking Nick Benito and maybe even overtaking Baron Browning. So you have him flying around in the, the second level of the defense. You have him coming off of the edge as a, as a pass rusher. Maybe he does get seven or eight sacks. Maybe he does get a couple of interceptions. Maybe he does rack up with 75 or 80 tackles or something like that. It's not outside of the stretch of possibility, given good health and a good rotation with him. You could see that. I also think that Riley Moss has an opportunity here as well, because while I like Damari Mathis a lot, and he played very well as especially coming down the stretch this last season, there was those rookie jitters. There was the times where he was definitely picked on. And Riley Moss, while he comes in with that, uh, with those rookie jitters as well, he's very much more technically sound than Damari Mathis was coming out of uh, coming out of Pittsburgh. Riley Moss has his great footwork. He has great change of direction abilities. And that dude just knows how to find the football. He had 11 interceptions at Iowa, six total pick sixes over his uh, the course of his four-year career there. So, this dude knows how to find the football. He's a quality tackler. If he gets out on the field, if he has the opportunity to, there's no chance to, uh, th there's no question to me that he could be potentially in the running. I just don't know that he's going to have that role. Drew Sanders though, absolutely. It, like this was a potential first round pick coming into the draft and he falls all the way to 67 for the Broncos. And while I like Josie Jewell, Drew Sanders is a better player right now. Absolutely. There's no question. Alex Singleton, he signed that big deal. Josie Jewell's in the last year of his deal. It would not surprise me to see Drew Sanders take a big step forward in year one, get on the field early, and make a huge, huge impact. We'll see. We'll see. We got the GLP in the house throwing GLP, down a, a up, generous super chat. What's up, Gary? Much love and respect. Thank you for checking in on a Friday night here on Dove Valley Deep Divers and throwing down a super. He says, hey, Chad and Lance, go Broncos, MHH for life. Buckham with a B, love that big dog. And then I want to grab this from Mike saying, hey, I watched some uh, wide receiver, some videos on uh, Marvin Mims. He's going to be mismatches uh, for corners and safeties covering him. Yeah, this dude, he's really interesting because, first of all, it's a Sean Payton hand-picked wide receiver for his scheme, so that's got to get you excited. Uh, second of all, 438, 4-3-8 speed. Yeah, you got the short area quickness and the toughness, tenacity to to be a punt returner and succeed at it. That's going to help. That's kind of icing on the cakes type stuff, I think, Lance. But I'm reminded of uh, an article I wrote up today. We've been talking about it on a few different podcasts this week at MHH, but Pro Football Focus uh, released their uh, projected starting lineups now that the draft is in the books for all 32 teams. And for the Broncos, surprise, surprise, another national outlet that's not paying attention to the little things uh, in Denver had K.J. Hamler as the third wide receiver in, in other words, starter, uh, 11 personnel, et cetera, three wide. And it's like, hey, dude, listen, K.J. Hamler, if he all things be, were equal and he was healthy and was starting training camp on the same square one that Marvin Mims is going to be starting as a uh, rookie, then I'd maybe be a little bit less skeptical of even the notion that he's going to be looked at as a starter. But look, you're forgetting also PFF. Sorry, Tim Patrick. That's technically, we know this out of the gates. Tim Patrick is going to be the third wide receiver onto the grass. 
And when that happens, they just move Jerry Judy around. And, you know, I mean, you'll see these wide receivers in Peyton's scheme get moved around a lot more than what we've been mm -hmm. used to mm -hmm. in years past. But I'm rambling a little bit to only circle back here and say Marvin Mims will fit in with that somewhere. Sean Payton drafted him. He's got some kind of a vision for him. And I think he's a guy, Lance, that is going to be leaned on heavily to help take the top off and loosen things up inside for the <clears throat> X guys and, and even Judy to uh, make some hay uh, underneath. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, quite honestly, I think KJ Hamler has a very short stay on this roster moving forward. And, and that sucks because I'm a huge KJ Hamler fan. We were at the game. That was actually the, uh, the, the, the mile high huddle meet and greet at the Jets game where KJ Hamler tore that ACL and dislocated his hip. And he's just kind of struggled to come back from that but he's also had inconsistency catching the football. And that's something that Sean Payton does not deal with very well. You, Your job is to catch the football, first and foremost. And with KJ Hamler, going even back to his Penn State days, he has like a 17% drop rate or something like that. And I'm pulling a number off the top of my head. I know it's bad. With Marvin Mims, though, you've got a guy that has a very similar skill set, very similar size stature as well. Uh, 5'10", 188 pounds, 4'38 speed. But there's something that this dude brings to the field that K.J. Hamler does not, and that's physicality. This dude will go up and he will high point footballs. He will put his body on the line to go make the catch. And he is a dog as a blocker. And K.J. Hamler has not shown that when his time on the field is healthy. I, I don't think K.J. Hamler even makes this roster. And it pains me to say that because I like K.J. as a person, I think he's a good dude but barbin mims was drafted for a reason and it was to replace kj hamler tim patrick on the other hand i think that there's i i have more optimism with him coming back because it was a clean acl tear singly the acl more than javante williams to kind of tie this full circle here but with with tim patrick he tore it early enough in in preseason where he missed obviously this full last season but he should be ready to go um, he's come off of a torn ACL before, and we've seen that it's at least effective. So with, with him coming back, you've got the most reliable receiver on the roster coming back. Um, you got Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, and then a guy, a, a lower level guy like a Brandon Johnson who played well, a, another guy with speed and Jalen Virgil coming into the fold. KJ is in, on very, very thin ice. Let's just put it that way. That's just uh, <clears throat> that's just the score. Um, Mike, thank you. Guys, we only have time for maybe one or two more. One of those is spoken for because I want to get to it. Lance, knowing that we are about out of time, we'll keep our remarks relatively uh, sharp on this. Yep. Todd, straight up, buy or sell. Broncos are a wild card team this year. I'll buy. I'll buy on that. Um I, I think with, with Sean Payton coming in, you're going to see, a, a, obviously you've already seen a much tighter ship. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's going to take a, a big step forward again from what he showed this last season, where he's now kept on a leash, at least a shorter leash than he was before. Um, get better play on the offensive line, a more dedication to the running, the football and quality defense. Like that's a, a good formula. We saw it with Russell Wilson for 10 years in Seattle. And I think Sean Payton's going to get us back to that. I'm buying too. I think this is the year that the ignominy ends in Denver. Brent P. Yo, what's up, dude? Wow. Jumping in at the 11th hour with the biggest super chat of the night, bro. Thank you. You're helping make the night for Lance and I 
really appreciate you, big dog. He says, just wanted to uh, to give you both props for what you guys do. Lance wanted to say, love the coverage you did with Eric on the draft. I listened to all of it with you, MHH for life. That's right. You deserve some credit. And Brent, I'm, Thanks, I'm Brent. glad you brought this up because on the public stage, I, I gave Eric multiple times heck of props while he was – you know, while we were sharing the screen, I think last week, Friday, was it last Friday? Anyway, yep. for the hard work in the draft. And you really stepped your game up this year, too, on uh, covering the draft. And so you you crushed it, dude. I know I appreciate it. I know everyone else who read the content, listened to you guys on Friday nights, loved it, the the actual draft streams, etc. So hats off to you, big dog, for really helping uh, MHH to continue to be fully set apart as the best source for draft coverage in Bronco media. Well, th thanks, Chad. First off, thank you for allowing me to do it on your platform, man. Uh, you're, you're the boss, man. I do everything for you. Uh, thank you, Brent. And thank you, everybody, for uh, for joining in with everybody, uh, with us. The, what, 15 hours, 18 minutes, and 47 seconds worth of live draft coverage. Like, we went wall to wall again, third year in a row. Um, how, how many hours was it? 15 hours, 18 minutes, and 47 seconds. Golly. Straight. Like it where with no breaks. Like it was it was incredible. Um, but shout out to Eric as well. Um I couldn't do it without him, without his blessing, without him saying that I can actually do it too. So uh and then again, shout out to you for for having us, man. It, it, this wouldn't be possible without you, it wouldn't be possible without Broncos country, without uh, without all of our gracious fans in our community and stuff like that. You know, we we wouldn't be here doing what we do best, which is covering Denver Broncos football. So Thanks, Dude, thanks again to everybody. It's crazy. 2018, that's when yep. you came to MHH. Yeah. Man, it just it goes to show you I, that so I, I, I still have the mess. Well, actually I don't anymore. Yeah, it got I don't, thieved. It got, thieved. got thieved. My freaking Twitter account got thieved. Hacked. I used to have I I still have the uh I, I still have the message. If I can ever get that account back, I'll be sure to go and get it. But uh yeah, I, I still had the message anyways of you reaching out to me. Um, it was graduation day in Wheatland, Wyoming in 20, uh, 2018 when you reached out to me saying uh, you wanted me to join the show. So that was like the 18th or 20th. So like, we're literally on the, the anniversary of me joining joining Mile High Huddle, man. So that's dope. It's come full circle. And we got 200 episodes in it. Dude, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. Thank you so much for everything, dudes. They call it serendipity, baby, serendipity. All right, right last one, and then we got to go. Dave from Georgia, thanks, bro. It's thanks, great Dave. to see a bona fide Mount Rushmore super chat superstar in the room with us. Another one, I should mm -hmm. say. So, Dave, much love and respect. Love your uh, YouTube profile pic. Buck them indeed, big dog. Now, Lance, we got to make this one like rapid fire, but he's saying Montrell Washington, yep. last year's fifth-round pick, uh, kind of a, a bell of the ball for the previous coaching regime. He says, Montreal's got to be on thin ice, too. I agree. I'm not writing him off, but I do think that uh, he is on some, you know, he's on notice for sure. They brought in uh, Tremont Smith. They brought in Marvin Mims. He's on notice. Moss, death. But what's your answer for Dave? That, absolutely. And like you just pointed on, I was going to go back to, they they signed Tremont Smith as a punt returner cornerback, uh, a guy that they made a priority in free agency. They obviously traded up to go get um, – Marvin Mims as, as a punt returner, as a gadget guy, as a, as a slot guy moving forward. And I know for a fact, speaking to some people that when Sean Payton came in, he was questioning why some guys got drafted and uh, 
Montreal Washington was one of those guys. So, um, yeah, he's definitely, definitely on thin ice. All right, guys, we're out of time. Love you. Lance, it's your show, so why don't you do your uh, your typical goodbye sign-off stuff? You do it. All right. Well, thanks, Chad. And again, thank you for joining me. Thank you all for joining us here on Dove Valley Deep Divers. You guys can find us on Twitter by following me at Lance S underscore MHH. And for Chad at Chad M. Jensen. Also, make sure you give a shout out to my boy, Eric Trickle at Eric Trickle. Notice the CK in Eric and the EL in Trickle. Um, also, guys, while you're at it, make sure you do go on and find the mother account at Mile High Huddle. That's where you guys are going to find breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. You've got film breakdowns, opinion articles, anything covering your Denver Broncos. You guys are going to find it at Mile High Huddle. Also, guys, uh, it's great to have super chats and stuff like that. But if you really want to spread some love around, get the name out and whatnot, MHHmerch.com. Get your guys – that's the merch tent. I call it the merch tent because I'm a concert junkie. So hit the merch tent. Make sure you guys get yourself a hat. There's a T-shirt, a coffee cup, a, a, a hoodie, something for the guys, something for the gals. There's even onesies for your babies if that's what you want to have on there. Anything MHH merch, you can find anything for all of the shows, Mile High Huddle at MHHmerch.com. Um, also, guys, while you're at it, it's Facebook supporters. Uh, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod keep the conversation going guys it does not end on twitter it does not end here on the podcast mile high huddle pod um also the mile high huddle super fan group as well make sure you guys go and find that and if you guys aren't financially able to do so in terms of supporting the show like that we understand like times are tough it's it, it's fine it is what it is but everybody should be doing these three things scrolling across the bottom of your screen that is subscribe to mile high huddle no matter what it is, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe to Mile High Huddle. Like every video and article that you guys see because it's a great way to just help to help support the show. And the greatest way, though, is share it. Please share it in front of as many Broncos fans as you possibly can because without your guys' support, we could not do what we do best, which is, again, cover your Denver Broncos. Now, Chad, as I like to do with Eric every single Friday, any last words, my dude? My last words, I can't get off a podcast without doing this. I got to do it. I got to give specific shout outs to the supporters and, and super chats. And then I'm out, dude, real quick. David McElrath, <clears throat> pardon me, love you. Troy, Michaela Israel, GGG, Miguel, Gary, Brent P, Dave from Georgia. On Facebook, Mike Ronquillo throwing down big boy stars. Miguel, big boy stars. Phil, Lawrence, Keith. Love you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Zach and I, we're back in the saddle Sunday night. But don't forget, tomorrow night, Orange and Blue View uh, with Thomas Hall, Ron White. Be there. Yeah, Tom, Thomas and Ron do a really good job. I got a, a chance to tune into them the other day. Uh, great insights, great fan perspective, great uh, insights in terms to what the Broncos have going on. Thomas is one of the best in terms of analytics. If you if you like analytics, he's amazing with that. But with that, guys, thank you all for joining us here on Dove Valley Deep Divers. Not quite the same show as usual, but you all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, go Broncos. We'll see you guys same time, same place next weekend. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.